What up, Suns fans? Happy bright side night. The Phoenix Suns, a team that has consistently been ass in the fourth quarter, did anything but play like ass in the fourth quarter tonight against the Sacramento Kings. An amazing comeback. 119 to 117 against a team like the Sacramento Kings. Matthew, that was one hell of a game. Hell yeah, and uh, Maya B, just in case you're wondering where Maya B's at, oh, bitch, I'm right here. Yeah. Right there. There, There's Maya. But uh, what the fuck happened tonight? What a great night, dude. It was crazy because two hours of just sitting there like, what the fuck's going on? Just depressed. I, I, remember, I reminded myself of my dad just sitting there just fucking depressed, God rest his soul. But I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then they pulled it off, dude. Best game I've been to ever. I went to the finals game, and that was amazing. But this regular season is the best I've ever been to. This is, from a comeback standpoint, this was just unbelievable. Because as you're correct, and I know that plenty of the Jamsters who were either in attendance or watching along live were feeling the same set of emotions. That when we play against quality teams, the Phoenix Suns just are discombobulated. And that's what we witnessed for three quarters down by upwards of 22 points, and I believe 20 points in the fourth quarter. The moment that changed everything was a couple Sacramento fans came walking up the fucking uh, the aisle with about six minutes left, and they were like, sun suck, sun suck, as they were leaving to try to beat traffic. Well, I hope they have their radios on. I hope they're listening to John Bloom, because they missed an amazing comeback by the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and... Uh... It's my fault. I should have stood up for the Suns. I've been like, what? The Suns don't suck. But at that time, like, yeah, they fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad. And they were bad jamsters for that whole game, but the last six minutes. Which is insane because it's literally the exact opposite of the narrative that the Phoenix Suns have provided us through the first 30-some-odd games this season. So we're going to talk about this and plenty more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. If you're watching along live, thank you ever so much. Hit that thumbs-up button wherever you are consuming this content. Uh, I will say that at some point I will leave this parking garage because Matthew and I both attended the game on Brightside Night, and we'll talk about that experience as well. And my camera might go off as I'm driving, and I'll literally just be talking. So plenty to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast i'm not popping them because i gotta drive so i need you in the chat to pop them for me and let's kick off the pod matthew in the fourth quarter over the Sacramento Kings, a Pacific Division rival, a team that they're trailing by two games in the standings coming into this game. So this leads me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. Matthew, I gotta ask. Is a win like this over the Sacramento King in such dramatic fashion where the Phoenix Suns locked in in the fourth quarter and dismantled and played defense and went small ball five by pulling Nurkic out of the game. Is this a, a, a one of those wins that changes the course of a season? It's much needed. Um, 
I think that the the way the Suns kind of were like, hey, let's not fucking up. Like when we turn the ball over, let's get back on defense. And now let an alley oop just happen after an inbound pass. When stuff like that keeps happening during the game, and then they call a timeout, they're like, guys, how many times are we gonna fuck up? Like we have them when we want them, right? I mean, so many times they would go on a run and they would fuck up and on the way in a way on defense where they just allowed the Sacramento Kings to do whatever they wanted. So I don't know if this really changes much of the season because you want to see a full game where they can be like more cohesive and just really gel right on the floor. But right now I think it's just a, it's a great win victory for the fans themselves. I feel like, because like I said, like we were just like, what are we going to do this every other game where we just look so disappointing? You know what I mean? So I think this kind of gets the fans off their backs, but they still have a lot to fix. I don't know if it really turns around the season, but you do realize it's game 40 and they got to start hitting on all cylinders now just to show like, Hey, we can bring it in the fourth quarter. That was huge. The last five minutes, just knowing that they can actually bring it defensively, get some stops, get some blocks, get out and run. You have Grayson Allen just fucking leading the fast break almost every time. Like we just know we have the tools to really succeed in the fourth. So that's a big breakthrough. I feel like. Yeah, this is – I do think that this is the type of game that literally changes the course of the season because the Suns found themselves in that fourth quarter defensively because that's what the challenge was in this game. Right off the bat, we all saw it. The, the Sacramento Kings did whatever they wanted to offensively yeah. tonight because the defense that the Suns were playing was non-existent. They dropped on every coverage, which left wide open three-point shooters. And the Kings, being a good team, knocked down those three-point shots again and again. If the Suns blitzed them on the on the high side of a screen and roll, then they dumped it down to Sabonis, and he either scored or dished it. He ended with a triple-double tonight. So there was a lot of different aspects of the Suns' defense that were not working consistently. And that's kind of, as we were sitting next to each other throughout the game, just kind of looking over at one another and kind of shrugging our shoulders and being like, yeah, this is just a team that has a better offense than our defense currently is. But in that fourth quarter, it was really a, a, a change. And I think a big part of it was the small ball lineup. How putting Sabonis up against Kevin Durant who is much more athletic and can can deal with the moves that he's going to try to put on you versus Nurkic, uh, who just was getting smoked tonight defensively, was really a, a changing moment for this team. Now, I'm not saying that the Suns should live by running the small ball lineups, but I'm saying that if you see that it can be effective against a team and you run it for a few minutes, you might you might discover that this is this is something that can change the attitude of the team. That and having Eric Gordon finally hit some threes. Yeah, that definitely helps. But also just Kevin Durant. We saw it against the Lakers where his defense has trans- transitioned to really good offense. So tonight you saw when he brought it in the paint, giving it his all. You know, when we think it's over, he's still trying. And sometimes his body language would look like, eh, he's just so pissed off right now because they're just losing by 20. But he continues to play hard on the defensive end. It leads to him just knocking down big threes at the other end. Um Nurkic was just getting owned like all night by Sabonis. There's nothing else to say. I yeah. just feel like everything was just tossed right over his head, right over his outstretched arms. There was nothing that Nurkic could do. So the whole game, the the Kings look so unstoppable, like a well-oiled machine. And they are. They're really fantastic offense, of course, can move they the are. ball. They know exactly where the hell everyone's going to be. So when you're watching it and the Suns are just having a, such a hard time, and then they kind of go to the iso ball in the fourth, like where Booker just kind of brings it up and then tries to get to his spots like – 
well, this game's over, but then the next possession, then they start to move the ball. Get Grayson Allen involved. The guy had what? Did he have nine threes tonight again? Or was yes, it eight? He, he had nine. Like, that's what I kept saying. So, in, in those last couple minutes, when it was Eric Gordon and Kevin Durant who were hitting massive three pointers, massive three pointers. Yeah. I was, as they were bringing the ball up every time, I'm like, Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen. Because if he hits another three, he's got 10. And that is the franchise record. He just tied the record that I think five other sons have done, including himself once earlier this season. Yeah, so it's, we, can, uh, we, can, we can definitely talk about him momentarily. But before we do that, yes. I do want to give a shout out to Biscuits and the Bear. It says, Retro, I was watching football, LOL. So he gave us $11 in the chat because I, I don't think Biscuits and the Bear was uh, – there for our last win, which was a nine-point win plus the two-point win. I see what you did there, Biscuits and the Bear. So we Thank truly you. appreciate that. One of the best ways to support the pod outside of just being here and, and hanging out with us is by donating in Super Chat on YouTube. So Matthew can buy very, very expensive shirts. For <laughs> but let's yeah. talk a little bit about Grayson Allen. Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Allen. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. Now, I don't have statistics in front of me. I'm, I'm conducting the podcast on my phone. If I've tried to go over and look at the stats, it'll I won't be on the pod momentarily. But Jamsters, you can let us know what his final stat let line was. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that he had 29 points in this game. Um, it was it was he was the offense early on. I mean, we were sitting there wondering what was up with Booker, what was up with Durant, but Grayson Allen continually, well, not only was lighting it up, but he was open. And how many possessions did he not get the ball that he was open? And that's why, you know, obviously I posed the question in our last podcast, should we trade Grayson Allen? Because he is our most valuable asset that we have right now. If you look at his contract, knowing that it is uh, something that will expire at the end of the season and he's going to hit the open market, but fuck it. I'm butt fuck it. <laughs> I just think that, yeah, what John Trance says, Grayson Allen, but it's like Ray Allen. Uh, let's give mm-hmm. him coach everyone on shooting. Let's have him coach everyone on shooting. Listen, you got to live for this season. And that's where I'm falling because Grayson Allen continually is providing these performances that are just unquantifiable. He, we only got this guy an eight and a half million. He's going to go somewhere next year and he's going to make probably 15 to 16 million on a team, on a contender. And he's going to be and service them just fine, but appreciate why appreciate him for this season while he's still here, because what he brings to this team, he is the perfect guy to have next to the big three. And he's knocking down big shot after big shot after big shot. Yeah. John Tran, he is a glue. Um, definitely. Gluson Allen. Love that one. That's probably my favorite. Gluson nickname. Allen. Gluson Allen. He is like the, the best play of the game for me is when, I think it was about seven minutes left and he definitely, it seemed like he, there was like an over the back foul when he was trying to grab the rebound on the defensive side and he couldn't get it. He got boxed out. He was so pissed when he picked up the ball, slammed it. I'm like, dude, that guy is such a, like just that play, like just to care that much. And at that time you're down by like 18 points. You think it's over, but the way he just kept the Suns in the game with his threes, but then that block he had and just yes. every time there was a turnover, he was there to grab the ball. He was on top of it. Every time there was an important rebound to grab, he was on top of it and he would push the ball and make sure he give it to the right guy. And he was always ready to shoot. I just, the way he's shooting the ball this year, man, it's just insane, especially from the corner, like hitting those wide open shots. And then even when guys are in his face, he's just so settled in. You just know it's going to go in. So 
he's so valuable in that way. But I just you have to watch the the raw emotion he has, where you just know Booker is obviously a winner, right? He he just wants to win every fucking game. Then you have a guy like Grayson Allen, who I never want to leave the Suns. I mean, he's just the same type of book. He's the same type of guy. The way that book is on the floor. That's what he reminds me of. Of course, it's not the same game, but just the raw emotion, the seriousness he has on the court, that's Grayson Allen. And his execution as well. I mean, that's the most vital part. I mean, that's the challenge that we've had with Eric Gordon of late. Is Eric Gordon, although he's a much more mild-mannered three-point assassin, uh, his production hasn't been there. Whereas Grayson Allen, it's been pr- like, I've never seen a three-pointer on a three-point shooter on the Suns like we have this season in Grayson Allen. And yeah. the way that he just kept them afloat, he, he, you know, again, the Suns were down by as many as 22 points in this game. And it could have been much, much worse if Grayson Allen wasn't knocking down threes when other members of the big three just weren't necessarily engaged. And it'll be interesting moving forward as we, as we approach the trade deadline, because, you know, rumors are that potentially there are going to be some players on the move and Grayson Allen could be one of those players. You hope that, in my opinion, you, you hope that that's not true. Yeah, the, I, I hope that that's not true because what he brings, again, unquantifiable, invaluable. I just thought he was absolutely fantastic tonight. Uh, another guy who was fantastic and, and you know, it kind of took him a little while to get going was, of course, Kevin Wayne Durant. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play a game. He's one of the best players to ever play the game. I love Kevin Durant, Matthew. I think that what he did in the fourth quarter was absolutely spectacular. Um, and again, from a statistical standpoint, Jamsters, you'll let, have to let me know how many points he ended with because him and Booker, last time I looked at their point totals, it was like 17 and 16. But then they went on that run and everyone in the stadium was so engaged with what was going on. I stopped uh, – Uh, looking at their total points and just started enjoying the game. But it was the physicality in which he played in that fourth quarter, uh, coupled with those sick KD-16s he was wearing, the black and yellow, black and yellow, looked so nice out there on the court with those uh, statement edition jerseys. But that was, again, just a different type of Kevin Durant that we saw tonight relative to his overall physicality that he played with. Yeah, 26 points for Kevin Durant tonight. Uh, and massive three-pointers late in the game, and and, and passing on a, on a three-pointer to get Eric Gordon a corner three that was the one that tied the game. I mean, it was just uh, a master class by KD in that fourth quarter tonight. Yeah, and I'm with my B. The first half, I was like, what the fuck's going on? And the first half, it was all about his body language to me. Being at the game, like, he's the one guy that really puts his head down when the things are going bad. I'm not saying he gives up, but it's just a bad body language that I see out there. Of course, he's going to be frustrated. Yeah, bullshit, whatever. But he just – he looked bad. He looked like he was not going to have any interest in finishing this game out strong. But it was totally opposite. I mean, the way that he could just put up those shots with guys in his face, being at the game, you knew it was going to go in, like, I couldn't even see because there's so many people standing. But there's like seven, seven feet tall people in front of me or something. I don't know. Like, oh, I was sitting down. That's why. And then I had to stand up, and then I could fucking see. And KD, I just knew it was gonna go in every time. And um, he's the one guy where, of course, because he is seven feet tall, some guys in his face, and it's a big moment. You count on him to make those shots towards the end of the game. I mean, Bill wasn't doing too much, so then you're just like get the ball to KD. 
let Book cook if he can or get Grayson on the ball. Those are the three guys. But then you also had Eric Gordon step up when he sucked all game two. So those guys came back, and it's like, oh, there's a crunch time lineup, the one we always talked about with Eric Gordon. And it came through in big moments. And it wasn't just the offensive end, dude. It was all the defensive end, too. KD is just, at times, like, I just, I don't know, he can just, he can just change a game so dramatically by one or two plays and then everyone else follows. Well, and it's, and, and the key is it's on both sides of the court. That is what this team has been missing. We know it. We saw it tonight. The defense was ass. The defense this season has been ass. We're sitting there like Frank Vogel, quote unquote, defensive coach. We're not seeing any defense. We're not seeing any closeouts on three pointers. We're not, we're, we're seeing them get worked in the pick and roll. Now, granted the Kings are a great pick and roll team, right? When you got De'Aaron Fox, who is quick as shit, and you got Demontis yeah. Sabonis, who knows how to navigate his space as well as pass out of it. Uh, th- this is a tough team to defend, but you have to put forth some effort. And Kevin Durant, the way that he p- can change the game, he is our best defensive player. I-, I don't think that's an argument. I don't think that that's something that is uh, up for debate because um, it's it's clear as day. He's easily our best defensive player. Yusuf Nurkic has the ability to play physical, and to uh, negate. body up some players, negate That's some players. That is a word. I do like the word negate. Um, <laughs> but tonight just wasn't one of those nights. This is one of those matchups where for Nurkic, it just doesn't always make sense. And we know that about him and we accept that mm-hmm. about him. Uh, and that's what one of the challenges was the last time we played the, the Kings. And I, I don't know if you recall, but the last time we played the Kings, which was on fucking Billy Joel night, and I couldn't get to the game because of you, Billy Joel. Uh, one of the things that we saw was Nurk was kind of getting played off the court, and we did see some small ball five. And I remember that we talked about the Suns utilizing some small ball five, and is that something that they could expand upon later in the season in a matchup with the Kings? Well, it was, and they saved it till the fourth quarter. And once they got a little bit of momentum, once they got that down to like 12, 10 points, all of a sudden it's like deploy small ball lineup. Let's try to win this fucking thing. Instead of emptying the bench with six minutes left, which they easily could have. And those those yeah. Kings fans who are walking up the thing saying the sun suck uh, would have been right. Yeah. And then uh, also like before the five minute stretch, they went on six minutes. I was mentioning Bobo. I think Bobo is a perfect fit defensively against this Sacramento Kings team. I really think he is. Um, I know it's a small sample size of what we saw earlier this season until his injury, but I'm telling you, man, like if you throw him in there for um, Eric Gordon and stretches or else even Kevin Durant and stretches, I think it it works out good. I think Bobo is going to be expertise defensively against teams like the Sacramento Kings. I'm going to go that far. Well, he's long. Hey, hey, Kyle, turn the TikTok camera on. He's Ashley. (laughs) All right, I'm going to turn my camera off because I'm going to start driving. Yeah, I think I'm going to. All right. I'll be right behind so you. I, so I don't know what. Um, can I can see I your beautiful faces. Can, yeah, but you can see. Uh, I wonder if I can that, just that, that do. I want to do this so you guys can see me nice. driving. Nice. So we can see Matthew get in a car accident. This is going to be fun. This shit's going to go flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some viral ash I'm not going to watch. I'm just going to have it on. I do want to talk. I do want to talk about Eric Gordon. From Indiana University, number 23, Eric Gordon. Again, Jamsters, I don't have the stat sheet in front of me, um, but Eric Gordon, he had a rough first three and a half quarters. I mean, if somebody wants to tell me what he had, 
<clears throat> as a final point total, I'd be interested to see what that was because he had some bad plays. In fact, there was a stretch right there. I, I think it was the very beginning of the fourth quarter where <clears throat> the Suns are down. I forget. They're, they're down like 14 or something. Mm-hmm. And Eric Gordon comes down and he throw, just simply just throws the ball away. Just throws yeah. it away. Hey, hey John. Matthew. Um, and then the, the Kings go down, they score. And then the next possession, Eric Gordon turns it over again. And they go down and they hit a they hit a three pointer. And I'm just like, Eric Gordon, fucking that's a five point swing off of two turnovers. And you couple that with what he was doing the front end of the of the game. And it was just just another I, you know, you don't want to say like master class. It was an anti master class when it came to Gordon and the way that he's been playing as of late. And all of a sudden, though, in that fourth quarter, and this is the veteran side of him, right? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. in that fourth quarter, Eric Gordon had the confidence and had the uh, the know how and the ability to just go. You know what? I'm gonna you know shoot or shoot, bro. And that's what he did. He kept shooting. And uh, yeah, ten and two is what the Jamsters are saying. He ended with ten points, but man. Those 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 ten points were impactful because I feel like all of them came in the fourth, right? Yeah, and I think he's just the way he was just kind of overthinking everything out there kind of drove me nuts. Yes. I mean, we saw it a few times him trying to launch a three, very hesitant on it, and then trying to draw a foul, then just kind of just throwing it up, uh, like he said that one turnover. So that that's a weird thing to see oops i slipped down here let's see hey yeah okay. eh, who cares i'll fix it yeah it's okay, great show sure everyone underneath the seat we'll find it tonight who are we talking about grayson allen oh um, eric gordon eric gordon yeah so eric gordon you know uh, let's move on <laughs> okay Cause let's I, talk I, about this a bullshit game Big Dick Booker. I do have to give a shout out to Booker because he was wearing them uh, shattered backboards again, and those oh, things yeah, were yeah. sick. Those things, yeah, were look good, man. Beautiful. You know, in action, yeah. like when you're sitting kind of closer, it's like those shoes are shiny, looking nice. Yeah, they're just gorgeous. That, that's gorgeous footwear right there. Yeah, that he's rocking. Um, but he too was, you know, it, I, like I feel like the any anybody we talk about tonight, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be, yep, you know, the first three quarters they sucked, and the fourth quarter they turned it on. Uh, and Booker had some challenges in the in the fourth quarter as well, where the, a few of those possessions, right when the Suns were uh, in the process of making their comeback, they went into some isolation ball. They stopped the ball movement, and what happens when they when they stop the ball movement? turnovers occur so it, it was uh you know some some devin bookerish uh challenges in that fourth but once they got that ball moving and kind of took it out of his hands they kind of took off yeah it's so weird like where like when they're actually playing the iso ball there for a few possessions it's just, it's so crazy to actually stay the course and and be like you know we still have a chance to win this let's move the ball around but before that like it should just kept happening like you know what I mean? Like when guys like Grayson Allen are that hot all game, finding him, of course, like nine threes is ridiculous. But even like finding other guys the ball, like Eric Gordon took him forever to get hot. But if you keep moving the ball and shit, maybe it heats up a little bit quicker. 
So it's just one of those things where it's like, well, like, when do you start to turn it on? Is it because Sacramento's like kind of just like, eh, we had this game one. Like, I don't know if it was more of that, more than just the Suns getting hot and moving the ball around. Maybe Sacramento just kind of gave up. I don't know. It's just like a weird thing where they just start to actually turn the ball over or move it around. This is hard to pot and drive. <laughs> is it? I had, some, I had somebody I like know. behind me like flashing their lights, and I'm sitting yeah. there I'm like, well, that wasn't a cop. And maybe they're just listening to the podcast or something. Hey, if you're just behind me and you're flashing your lights, like, thanks for yeah, freaking me out, kind of. I'm like, I have, like, auto lights on my truck. So it's not like my lights were off and I'm driving my lights off. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's a whole new world for us tonight. This is the Sun's Jam Session yeah. on the road, uh, using 5G to the maximum of capacity that it can so we can bring you We Sun's should only coverage. allow the uh, elite jamsters to watch this kind of coverage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just like it's cut everybody drive. else off now, but the five elite jamsters or whatever. <laughs> Did, didn't I do a podcast once where I went through a Taco yes. Bell drive-thru? Yeah, you went through a whole drive-thru and you got home and we're eating it by the time we were done. That's right. That was yeah. good. I could go, I could go that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, God, who else do you want to talk bread. about? I just, just, oh yeah, you and me both. Oh, um, well, do you want to talk about the uh, the experience before the game, Brightside Night? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Brightside Night was tonight. Again, you know, we've been talking it up on the podcast for quite some time. January sixteenth, Sacramento Kings. Uh, if you donate fifteen bucks at suns.com backslash Brightside, you will send a kid to the game. We sent two thousand kids to the game tonight, and we have an an additional nine hundred ninety four that will be attending a game another time. Uh, and they got treated to a game that they will never forget. I hope that their parents stayed through the whole thing because that was the kind of kind of game that a kid, especially if it's the first time you've ever been to a game, will never forget shit. I'm 41 years old, and I've been to more Suns games than I can count, and I'll never forget what happened tonight. Uh, but one of the cool things, and we've mentioned it a little bit on the pod, is we were doing a pre-game Q&A session with a mystery guest. Matthew, can you tell everyone who that mystery guest was? Rex Chapman. Sexy Rexy, baby. Sexy Rexy. So, so Rex Chapman uh, joined us beforehand for a Q&A session. Uh, I actually conducted the Q&A section, uh, session. Normally Dave King does, but he's feeling a little under the weather right now. So he asked me if I could. I was just like, okay, let me think if I can come up with some questions for, for Rex. <laughs> uh, and how yeah. do you think it went? Dude, it was fucking amazing. Everyone, jamsters out there. You ever need anybody to interview somebody for you? John fucking killed it, dude. It was so good. It was better than any Oprah Winfrey show I've ever recorded. Any Jenny Jones shit. It was off the chain, dude. John, incredible job tonight. It was a lot of fun. Really great questions. Really just bringing out another side of uh, Rex Shaman I've never seen in other interviews. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's... uh little nerve-wracking but at the same time like it was my first day at my new job so i was so focused on that that i didn't have time to think about it and so got down there you know some of the questions that we asked rex you know i was asking him uh who his favorite wide receiver was uh growing up simply because you know for those of you who have seen the shot the, the the famous shot that he made against the seattle sonics back in the 2000 or 2000 1997 nba playoffs uh, the, the inbound pass from Jason Kidd was not good. Uh, it was it was on its way out of bounds, and you know 
Rex made an amazing catch on that play just to just to catch the ball, let alone grab it and in one motion turn around and, and sink a three-pointer that sent that game to overtime, uh, an overtime that we lost, actually. Uh, but, you know, for, in case you're ever wondering, and I, it's a question I've wondered before, his favorite um, wide receiver growing up was Lynn Swan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lynn Swan, yeah. You know, I, uh, yep, Lynn Swan, um, immaculate reception. What else did I ask him? Shit, tonight's been a blur. You were um, you were asking him also about uh, shit. What did you what did you ask him? I know they asked him about um, one of the one of the um, bright cider donators that went bright cider donators. I don't even know what to call them. That bright went was, <laughs> asked about you know because Kentucky guys, right? He he asked him yes. about um, you know the first time he saw a book. And basically, I guess it was just a drill that he first saw Book in. And then it was just like, who's this guy? Not even anything like a scrimmage or anything. It was just a drill he saw Booker performing in. So I don't know. It was some Book talk, uh, which is actually kind of cool. Um, I just, it, the way he talked about Booker, right? Being a serious guy yes. and why people in the NBA don't like him. So that was, that was pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, we do. We, we talked a little bit uh, about his first NBA game seen as Brightside Night is about sending kids to their first NBA game. And he said the first NBA game he ever attended was one that he played in, uh, very similar to yeah. James Jones. Um, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? And <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I heard asked him before. if he could. I know. I'm like, is that, is that a, you know, like, that's why I never was destined to play in the NBA because I went to NBA, an NBA game when I was like 13 yeah. for my first one. And, I was like, oh, yeah. They were putting I'm in the work while you were sitting there eating Wetzel's pretzels. Your whole <laughs> childhood. <laughs> the key to Wetzel's pretzels, ladies and gentlemen, is whenever you order it, you always get two cheeses. Two cheese. So you could just enjoy the cheese, man. You don't want to dip it. You want to dunk it, man. Yeah. Uh, but I, I asked Rex if he, wanted, if, if he could choose between being a ninja, a knight, or a pirate, which one would he be and why? Uh, because I don't always ask serious questions, and I think it's it's funny to ask stupid questions. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about shoes. Uh, Justin from Fanning the Flames was there as one of our uh, bright cider donators, and he was asking about the shoes that Rex was wearing. And, and Rex complimented my my Nike Dunks that I got on. I guess my purple and orange Nike Dunks that I wore to the game, and he said that they looked nice. And uh, I almost cried. I was so happy. Yeah, it was pretty sick, man. I, you know, it was cool when he first walked because no one knew it was Rex Chapman when he walked. When he walked in, you can hear the gasp, like, "Oh, oh my God, it's Rex Chapman!" Like, it's so cool because he's always at the games, right? But he's yep. he's always a fan favorite. Like everyone, he he greets everybody he sees backstage and everything. He's very friendly, but everyone, especially of the age of the people that were there, feel like knows who Rex is. There's a few kids there, but when he walked in, I was like, "Oh, Rex Chapman!" This is awesome. because no one knew, and it was it was awesome, dude. Yeah, it's definitely something that we've kept we kept a secret. We kept under tight lock and key. I think only you and Justin from Fanning the Flames are the only people that I told that it was actually going to be Rex Chapman. So that was really cool. Jamster. So if if you get a chance, you know I want to make sure that next year we blow it out as much as we can. I think that uh, the Suns enjoyed the session and like the the members of their PR team enjoyed it. I think it was a, just a fun conversation mm -hmm. with him. It was warm in that yeah. room. Am I right? Yeah. It was getting a little hot, a little hot boxy in was there. It? it was 
Yeah, I was about to take my um, yeah, my jacket off, but my uh, my uh, my uh, polo underneath was a little wrinkly, so I'm like, I didn't want to do that. And I just left it on, <laughs> sweated through I it. I have a picture with sexy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all like right Sweet. behind John. Like, hey, what's Sweet. up? <laughs> so <laughs> just just beads of sweat. Yeah, it was getting a little down. hot in there. Good thing no one farted. So thank you for everybody not farting. Very oh. nice of you. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. you know, uh, Aaron was there, one of our loyal listeners. You know, just just meeting some of yeah. our readers from Brightside and some of you jamsters. You know, it really makes it fun. Yes. It was fun going to this game as a fan, right? I mean, you and I this year, we've been blessed oh, yeah. to attend many a Suns game, covering them for brightsideofthesun.com. To go to this game as a fan, to have that uh, experience before game, talking with Rex Chapman, and then to go and be unbelievable. Like, so at halftime, uh, we met up with Saul and Espo from the PHNX podcast because that's what you do when you got a podcast and like people were coming up and like saying what's up to Saul and Espo and be like, hey, man, I love your podcast. And like they started walking away and I'm like, I, I have a podcast, too. Yeah. And, you know, so Saul and Espo were laughing God at damn that, it. you know, uh, but that's what you do. <laughs> And then you talk about your pants. Yeah. And then, John wore these incredible and pants today. My, my jeans. Yeah. But, uh, I bought these things from the perfect the perfect jean yeah. NYC and they're like they're jeans but they feel like sweatpants and I got them in the mail yesterday and I put them on and I'm like these are my favorite pair of fucking jean pant things I've ever had in my life so I literally spent the entire day anyone who would listen I'm like hey man you want to touch my jeans like check out check out the they, they're like yeah. spandexy but I heard not. about it about these, ten these different times tonight. Fit. Ten different times I heard about the jeans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were standing there and you're just like, hey, John, tell Saul and Espo about your jeans. And then you left for the sun shop. And so yeah. I, I talked to him. But part of the conversation I had with those guys, uh, with Justin, who was there as well, you know, we were saying just like something's got to change with this Suns team because our complete lack of defensive IQ is, is it's getting ridiculous. It's the same old story. And wouldn't you know it? The Suns completely fit, flip the script tonight. The question becomes, can they do that consistently for an entire game? Nay, yeah. and an, an entire, uh, an entire like 10-game run, an entire seven-game They play that kind of lockdown defense consistently like we saw in the fourth quarter tonight. That's a thing. is like because it's so bad in the what first. It's so bad in the first, dude that it's like how quickly they can they get to that because they need to do something because when Nurk's getting manhandled like that where he can't do anything against the bonus you got to change it up and i just have a question is the kd thing the small ball five that wasn't anything till the fourth quarter correct like they didn't go to that till the fourth correct so i mean do you only do that because you don't want to no it was you yeah i know but it's you banks and he did have a few good plays in the third quarter exactly. so good for you banks he did but, but that's what I'm saying. They didn't go to small ball because they kept playing Eubanks. And Eubanks on the weak side was, I mean, he was just getting owned. Fucking Frankenstein out there, man. Those big, broad shoulders, yeah. that high top haircut. It's fucking I don't Frankenstein. See it. I don't see it. I don't know how How does he look like You don't that? see it? <laughs> Do you see it? I, I think he looks kind of Frankenstein-y, man. Yeah. Not like uh, Kirk Thomas. Not that bad, but he's, he's got some Frankenstein to him. Yeah, there's definitely well because he's definitely very very tall, broad shoulders, and the haircut. I don't know if you mentioned that, but yeah, that's, that's I, yeah. I know he does look like Frankenstein, but like a like a sunburnt Frankenstein, you know, a goofier version yes. of him. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, well, he's not like green. He's not like what? He's not green. Like Frankenstein's green, isn't he? <laughs> but sometimes he wears green shoes because he wants to be like Frankenstein. <laughs> he's not green. Yeah, I, 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 like I forgot what color I Frankenstein like what you... was. <laughs> I, it's like Booker's Wait, Eddie what? Eddie... Yeah, Eddie Munster, he was like white. Well, it was a black and white show, so I don't even know. Fair. I, I like what uh, great what show. Jake says in the chat from the from the Suns Planet podcast. He goes Terminator with a flat top. Yeah, he does kind of look like Terminator yes. with a flat top. Like, yeah, give, I see that. Give Drew Eubanks, give Drew Eubanks a uh, some aviator sunglasses. Can totally see that. Let's. Uh, yeah. It's- it's uh, it's like a mix between it's really quick. It's like the mix between the Terminator and the kid he was trying to like kidnap the whole time. I don't know. John just, Connor. Yeah. Did you know Connor. they made six of those fucking oh, no. movies? Yeah, because you watched them the other day and you tweeted about it. You no, know, I was Didn't gonna you? watch them, but I realized they made six. I was like, fuck that. Damn. <laughs> like you <laughs> make four of those, too. like I, I'll watch it, but six, get fucked. Yeah, it's too Here, much. Let's, uh, let's move the pot along. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Where is she? <laughs> Where are oh, you? I will, I will say, uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm coming up on Thunderbird Road. Um, oh, <laughs> I, well, I, I should say that. If somebody's tailing me, they're going to start <laughs> flashing me with their lights. Like, hey, I love the show. I'm like, are you a cop? <laughs> um... So neither of us were on the subreddit for the opposing team tonight. Um, but Matthew and I decided that we're just going to make up what we assume they, they were saying. So, Matthew, do you want to take the first one? Yeah. Um, can someone stop fouling Grayson Allen or letting him shoot those open threes because he looks like Ted Cruz and I'm sick of seeing him? <laughs> and then I, I, I hypothetically read another one. Fucking Ted Cruz can't win the Iowa Prime Caucus, but he's he's sure winning the game for the Suns. Your turn. Where it's like uh, Devin Booker and his beady eyes. Now I can see why no one likes him. I would vote for Devin Book. I would vote for Devin Booger, but he's got a Lego beard, and I don't like Legos. When I step on them, they hurt my feet. Damn it, we should have drafted Kevin Durant. Oh, that's Portland. Because we played Portland like four times already. <laughs> Kevin Durant? More like Kevin Durkant. Uh, These are pretty good. Two more, two more. Two more. All right. Uh, how come... Fuck, uh, hold on. Uh... Something about the fouls, because they didn't get fouled. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they only had like two free throws through, through two quarters. Yeah. Um, and then and and then the last one on our hypothetical subreddit stakeout. Demontis just got a triple bu- a triple bu- a double. That gives me a sub boner. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, I want to talk Beal, and then we'll do Jamstar, and then I'll go home. And she said, you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley. Boom, boom. 
So Bradley Beal in this game was absent a lot. Uh, and I was kind of surprised because, you know, and maybe it's because he had to spend so much time trying to defend De'Aaron Fox. But he was much akin to – there I go with my much akin and negate. Much akin to negating good, bad, and indifferent. I feel like he just – until the fourth quarter, uh, Beal was just – lost i felt like he just wasn't a part an integral part of the offense now maybe part of that is because of the king's defensive game plan they were taking the ball out of his hands ergo grayson allen is wide open for three but what'd you see from beal tonight yeah it was a lot of uh tippy toeing around around the lines tonight you know he did step out of bounds late in the game i don't know if that really happened or not but even like when he had the ball up um on top of the perimeter near half court he had a hard time like trying to get out of the double team there so um, there wasn't obviously a whole lot from him tonight. Um, I know that defensively he tried his best against Fox, but I mean, you can't really do anything against that dude. Um, I don't know. I just, it was an off night. I still like his comments from last game and I think he's starting to, he obviously was getting hot in the last few games. So I guess we could just chalk it up to an off night from Bradley Beal. Obviously if they lose this game, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. But they didn't. So I think we're good. Cool. Thank God. <laughs> Jam star of the game. Who are you giving the jam star of the game to? I kind of like what So Says Jay says in the chat. Says Len came up with some huge moving screens yes. uh, for us tonight. Thank you, Alex Len. Yes, uh, the Jackson Hayes fantastic. of the dude. I know it was so nice. I love having those players in there that just give you like three thousand a row. It's like okay, don't take them out, and then they finally take them out through the third one. So thank you, Alex. But I'm going to give it to KD uh, in that fourth quarter, the way that he stepped up his defensive uh, just drive and and those big threes and the assist. I mean, it was just, like I said earlier in the podcast, masterclass by Kevin Durant in the fourth quarter leads to a Suns victory. Like that's the headline uh, on Brightside. That reminds me, I got to publish the recap for Brightside once I get home. Um, I'm going to give it to Grayson Allen because I wish I was Grayson Allen. He's the most badass <laughs> white dude in the world. I love that dude. I don't care if he looks like yeah, Ted when you, Cruz. When you came back from the team shop, I was like, oh, man, Matthew did it. He bought a Grayson Allen jersey. <laughs> yeah. was, you didn't, but I should funny if you did. You With the amount of money I spent on two shirts, I should have just bought I a know, jersey. Right? Ridiculous. Um, next game, Friday night. Phoenix Suns are going to New Orleans. First game against the Pelicans. Thoughts on that game briefly before we get out of here? You know, I haven't watched much of the Pelicans um, lately, um, so I can't really give you a synopsis on it. That makes sense? Expert analysis. I just know that they're ahead of us in the standings, and that's the important thing. Right now, like the Kings yeah, game tonight, what's important about tonight is the Suns beat a team ahead of them in the standings. You have to take care of the teams below you, and they've done that the last two games. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Blazers. But you got to beat those teams ahead of you in the standings if you want to move up them. And this was a big win relative to that. The, the Pelicans on the road, another opportunity to do that. You know, the schedule gets tough here in January. Uh, that game on Friday is in New Orleans. Uh, the game after that, they play, I think, the Bulls. Uh, so you can win that game in Portland. All of a sudden, what do you have? yourself a nice little five game game winning streak if you beat the bulls as well and that's what we're looking for we're looking for the suns to start to string some dubs together and like i said earlier in the pod 
this win, it was a tough one. It was a grinded out one. It's one that you felt that they had no chance of, of winning. It was an opportunity for a deflating loss at home. And the Suns pulled it out, galvanized as a team, made the proper adjustments, and that's something that you can build upon. Now, are they going to lose more games this season? Absolutely. But you can build upon what you witnessed tonight, and there's some chemistry that was developed, and that's what you're just trying to do night to night. And it would have been tough coming on this podcast had they lost, especially if it had been by two points, because it could have been like, why the fuck didn't they do this earlier? But even with the win by two points, I will I will say the same thing. Why the fuck they didn't they do it earlier in the game? Uh, hopefully, yeah. there's some lessons that they learned in this. I'm really interested to see a lot of the the press the post game pressers and kind of how they observed it. But a, a huge win, and hopefully we can carry that momentum and this three game winning streak into New Orleans against the Pelicans. I don't even go. So, really quick, jumpsters. I got my niece and nephew these two little sun shirts, Booker jersey shirts, and it's gonna be their no first Suns wear. No, I told you when I got back. I'm like, I don't know how long Durant's gonna be a son. If I buy anybody <laughs> anything of the Suns, it's gonna be Devin Booker because it's, I he's gonna be here forever. He's Mr. Sun, so I had to. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, on that note, Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out with us. The best way to support the podcast is by watching, is by listening. If you happen to be on YouTube, drop a thumbs up. If you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, drop five stars, leave a review. Let's everybody know where you're hanging out. Shout out to all the people who donated for Brightside Night. Uh, Couldn't have been a more spectacular evening. Uh, It would have been nice if they just blew them out of the water, but to come back in the fashion that the Suns did, this is one we will remember. We will remember January 16th against the Kings. So, Matthew, it appears that you're already home, so tell people what they should do when they go home. Go home and love your family. Oh, it's going to get hot in here. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.